Welcome to the Spread of Grace podcast, where we tackle pressing questions from church leaders in villages around the world. You are fighting the good fight of the gospel. You are on the front lines caring for God's flock. The Bible is your spiritual weapon, and we are here to help you handle God's truth with precision. So let's open God's Word together and prepare to study, believe, and preach. Greetings, brothers. This is Pastor Mike, Executive Director of Spread of Grace Ministries. And on this episode of the SGM Podcast, Juan Cruz, an evangelist in Puebla, Mexico, asks a very important question that I have found many churches are asking right now. What does the Bible say about how the church should respond to the government, especially during the pandemic? Well, today's answer is going to come from Pastor Paolo Frere, a good friend of mine and pastor of Hope Church in Wontog, New Jersey. Pastor Paolo, please take us to the Word. Well, I think we can begin with Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Romans 13, verse 1. And there we see government and the sovereignty of God. This is how Romans 13, 1 reads. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. We are here ordered to respect authority. How? By subjecting to those who are in authority over us. Man-made governments are to be acknowledged and obeyed by Christians. This doesn't mean that there's no room for uh, civil disobedience or for even revolution or war. The Bible also gives us principles to follow regarding changes that need to occur in government and even political rebellion. For example, Acts chapter 5, verse 29, uh, the disciples are standing before, before the Jewish court, the Sanhedrin, and they answer, we must obey God rather than men. Government is to be disobeyed when it conflicts with God's word. Obey all authorities, of course, unless that authority commands the Christian to do something that God forbids, or when it forbids the Christian to do what God commands. Then we can disobey, then we have to disobey. But the overall blanket principle is established here. Be subject to governing authorities. And that same passage tells us why. Because God is sovereign. Look, there is no authority except from God on this earth. In other words, any government, any authority that is given to government, it comes first from God. God loans out authority. It is always delegated authority. Authorities that exist have been instituted by God. And so God is carrying out his sovereign plan. He's carrying out his strategy, the very strategy that will bring an end to this age and even to history. Paul is writing to a people who are under an occupying government. Rome had taken over Israel, and Rome was a very strict and even a volatile government, unkind to Christians. And yet, the mandate is very clear. If nothing else is to be said here, this is the mandate. Be subject 
to governing authorities. Authority is both established and governed by God. And so Romans 13.1 reads, those that exist, those governments that exist, those authorities that exist have been instituted by God himself. Take a look, closer look at what we see in uh, Titus 3 as to our response to government. Titus chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Here Paul writes to Titus, a pastor in his church, and he says, Remind them to be subject to rulers. Remind them to be subject to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. Notice there Paul writes, be subject to governing authorities, be obedient to them as well, and be ready to do what is good while we are under this God-made authority. Don't malign anyone. Be peaceable. Be gentle. Showing every consideration to every person. In other words, bend over backwards in order to be models of civil obedience. Consider, for example, what Jesus Christ and his family did. Maybe this is the best example in the Bible of submitting yourselves to authority, even though what they are requesting and requiring may be difficult. Why was Christ born in Bethlehem? Well, Luke chapter 2 verse 1 tells us that Caesar Augustus issued a decree that went out throughout the Roman world. The decree was to enroll in a census. And in order to do that, each family had to go back to their own hometown in order to reestablish how much taxes each person must pay. That's right, taxes to a conquering pagan king who occupied their nation. What did Mary and Joseph do? They went back to Bethlehem, though it was far and though she was very pregnant. And there Jesus Christ was born. And by doing so, he fulfilled the prophecy of the birth of the Messiah. God used man-made laws, and he even used a God-opposing government to fulfill his purpose. Mary and Joseph risked the life of the Savior in order to be obedient to civil authority. And God used their obedience to save his people. There are various reasons why we are to be models of civil obedience to this world. First reason is that we are to demonstrate the transforming power of God's word. Again, Titus chapter 3 and verse 3. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. Notice there, for we also once were foolish ourselves. It's a very practical description of the politics that's played out around the world by depraved men and women. Here we have a description of what is common in all governments, unfortunately. We too were like that, foolish ourselves. This is what we used to be. We too were blinded by the God of this age, and we didn't know any better. And it has nothing to do with which a government or, or party affiliation you may ascribe to. 
It has nothing to do with whether you're a liberal or a conservative. It has nothing to do with where you stand in terms of your politics. Rather, it's a matter of using biblical lenses versus secular lenses. It's a matter of how you see your world. Do you see it through the word of God or through the eyes of men? It's a matter of possessing Christian, a Christian political worldview. So your willingness to honor and submit to government shows the power of God to radically reconstruct who you are. You are no longer who you used to be, and your obedience demonstrates that. Here's a second reason for modeling civil obedience for the Lord's sake, for the Lord's sake, so that Christ will be honored. First Peter chapter 2, Peter writes, beginning at verse 13, and keep in mind, Peter's writing to a people who are under this maniac Christian murdering emperor named Nero. And in verse 13, he says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men, act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And we see that same principle coming from the words of Christ in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, the truth is everybody wants peace. Everybody wants peace to the point that we are willing to fight for it. But when others see the peaceful nature of the person who knows Christ, he will have to ask, where does your peace come from? How is it that you can peacefully submit? When they see the good things you do, despite the wrong done to you, they will ask, how is it that you can be well and do good and forgive and be, be peaceful? And you can respond, by the hand of Christ who reigns in me and has changed me. Honor the authority that is over you so that Christ will receive the glory. Do it for his sake. There are times, though, when the government insists that we do things that violate God's word, and then we have to say no. To all of our students and pastors out there in the villages of the world, we really hope that today's episode encouraged you and equipped you to fulfill your ministry. We hope to see you again very soon at an SGM conference in your village. And until we do, this is Pastor Mike encouraging you with the words of Paul, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God.